right? Yeah. I'm talking about holding fast. That if, if we're not holding on to something that, that is valuable to us, uh, we look, looked at the, that what happens in order to hold fast to something, you got to let go of something else. Yeah. You can't hold on to more than one thing at a time. Right. You know, well, you kind of can, but you know, uh, those those shopping bags, you know, those plastic ones, you can get like five of them. You know, you <laughs> weave a finger into each one of them. You know, but but holding fast is so necessary uh, because it's what it's something we already have, and we got on that. We looked at the perspective of uh, rather than seeing something that you have yet to attain, you have a perspective of it's something I already have, and you're not going to take it away from me. Because we can get into this attitude of uh, there, there's something I have to try to acquire while it's already ours. We just need to hold on to it, right? And so I, I referred to something last week that I want to kind of get into a little bit more is in order to uh, hold fast to something, you have to uh, take hold of it first. And so we're going to look at it in a little bit different perspective today. But I, 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 I have thinking about it. The, the, something very terrible happens the, the more your, uh, your clock ticks, you know? Because uh, I can remember when I was at Hunter's age and, um, you know, in your 20s. And when, I, I love those places where you could go and eat all you want. I loved that, you know? Uh, now it's a curse because... <laughs> Now, if you if you pay an amount that you can eat all you want, then then you better eat all you you can, you know. And it's like I don't need to be doing that, but I loved it back then, you know. And, and you know, there's some of these Asian ones, you know, where you can go and and just you you pay one price and you can go back and you can go back and and um, some of those places are really, I mean, they have a lot of different things, don't they? You know, they got a whole bunch of different meats, and they got a salad, and they got all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so I was just thinking about, uh, even, you know, uh, I love it when my wife fixes me a meal, but, um, no, you're going to like this one. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember it with my mom, too. It's like, they, they slave in the kitchen and it's such a blessing and it's an expression of love and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you just want to go out where somebody else is going to provide it for you. And you don't, have to, you don't have to repair and you don't have to clean up afterwards. That's, that's one of the big things, right? It's like, but, but, so, so you can go, what do they call that? Uh, uh, yeah, you can just relax. You don't have to, you're not, you're not fretting over it or anything. Else. But what happens when you go, and you can choose which kind you want to go to, too. You can go to a Mexican place. You can go to a, there was one place that, uh, um, the Zunigas took us that, that has all these different meats. And you, and that was a bad one, too, because <laughs> it's this, what is it? The Brazilian steakhouse, right? And, and what's the terrible thing about that? It's not terrible, but it, you know how things come packaged with, there's a curse and there's a blessing. There, there's just this, right? What? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you're not going to get yourself out the door. You're, you're going to need some help. But what, what is, what, even at that place, so they come around, they, they're, all, they're tempting you all the time. It's just like being in the Garden of Eden. It's like, you know. So do you want some of this? There's lamb. There's all these, these things that I've never eaten before, but it's like, sure, I'll give it a go, you know. And so you just eat all this. But 
So whether you go to the place where they have it all laid out for you ahead of time and you're just going by, what is it? It's already provided for you, isn't it? It's already available. Even if you're going to eat off a menu, they're not giving you a menu if they don't have it back there in, this, in a place. Well, sometimes they do. And it really makes you mad, right? I like to order this. I'm sorry, we don't have that today. What kind of place is that? Have you ever done that? It's like, oh, man, we don't have the mashed potatoes. You don't have the mashed potatoes today? Well, let's go somewhere else. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Because the idea is they have whatever you choose. Can you see that? It's already there. In fact, you go into that place, it's already yours. But not really until you choose something. Can you see this? Now, as soon as you make a choice, they're preparing it, or they've already prepared it. It's on that thing. But as soon as they slice that off and they put it on your plate, whose is it now? It's yours, isn't it? Far be it from anybody to take that. In in fact, if you don't even touch that, they're going to throw it away, aren't they? Why? Because it's yours. Because you chose it. It was there all the time. When you came in the door, it was there. But it wasn't yours until you chose it and took it, right? Now, when does that really become yours? When you eat it. What happens when that takes place? No longer is it just something you chose that was prepared for you ahead of time, that was available to you. It now actually becomes a part of you. Now, you can probably explain this better than I can, but as soon as it hit your stomach, something's happening. It's being digested. It's going into your system if, if it's sweet, you can feel it right away, right? It's like, whoa. <laughs> Why? Because no longer is it available to you. No longer have you just chosen it, but now you are one with it. Can you see that? Yes. And this has very much to do with what has been provided for us in Christ. Okay? In fact... Just choosing a part of him is not getting the whole of him. There's, there's so much available to us. But it's just available until we take hold of it. Amen? And then we're going to see, though, that it's not just information that we're going to be getting. Because you can get information. You can know all the promises of God. But until you ingest them. Until they become who you are. You're still not there. What's available is meant to be ingested. It's meant to become who you are. Let's look at uh, 2 Peter. I'm just going to go through several of these real quick. But it says, as his divine power has given. What does that sound like? Sound like you got to put in an order? No, it's already been given to us, right? All things that pertain to life and godliness... Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So real quick, in order for you to be able to take hold of something, you're going to have to know that it's available, aren't you? You're going to have to look at the menu. You're going to have to walk down the line. You're going to have to see that it's available to you right now, right? And so, so he's saying here, what's, what's been given to us in the knowledge of Christ, and we have only begun. I just want to encourage us. Let's don't feel like we were, were there at all. Amen? There's so much more to discover. But with every discovery, there's an ability to take 
who God is into the rest of our life. And Pastor Kim referred to this. When we first uh, launched a ministry, we called it Worship Life. And that's because uh, how we relate to God should should be worship, where we're submitting who we are to who he is in the moment and letting it affect everything about who we are. It's not just a song. <laughs> it's how we treat each other, right? Um, but it's also everything that's important to me. Man, we could, we, could t- we could make a list of stuff that's important to us, couldn't we? You know, family, job, you know, golf, <laughs> Really, Every, everything that means something to us, if it's about life, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Did he say just spiritual life, just when you go into church? No, life, everything. And this says that all things that pertain to life and godliness. True life is going to be connected to godliness, right? <laughs> so his divine power has given this. This is a powerful thing God's do, done already, right? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So it's going to come as we become knowledgeable, not just information about him, but him, right? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. It's like he, he it's not enough to just say great promises. He says exceedingly great and precious. They're valuable. That sounds like something we're going to have to take a hold on to. Say, no, I might let go of something else. Especially if it's going to keep me from holding on to this. Right? So through these, you might be partakers. And this is the word I want to look at today, to partake. What does that mean? I'm, when you go to the restaurant, it does no good to the restaurant. This, this, this is part of my thing with dieting right now. I feel like once I've, I'm committed to go there and be with somebody that I must partake. You know what I mean? And what is partaking? Consuming, right? All right? Is that what it is? <laughs> so I like this word in this, in this context because of what it says, through promises, we've been given the ability to partake. So the promises are something that when we consume them, when they become who we are, then we actually are partaking of a nature. Who he is becomes who we are. Can you see the relation? No longer is it just something that's available to us. We're consuming it. And the promise has to be consumed before we partake of a nature. And his nature becomes ours in this. Can you see this? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. (laughs) So what's the alternative? All that stuff in the world. This is the biggest thing people have a challenge with in making a decision. I've decided to follow Jesus, you know. And what Billy Graham was so great at, 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 at depicting is what, how great it is to choose him. But every time, what do you have to do? You have to let go of the world. In order to do that, right? There has to be a letting go of something else. And so, revelation of what we're going to hang on to is so very necessary. It's the revelation of Jesus. But then there's going to be something that, that we're escaping. Here's, here's what, if we could just get a revelation of what we're actually getting free of. It's not something we're losing. We're getting free from it. What we're losing is chains. <laughs> right? 
We're getting set free. Amen. All right. So let's look at John 1.14. So I want to, I just want to look at who Jesus is because there's some things that have to do with some, some processes that we experience uh, as a body uh, with regard to Jesus. So let's look at John 1.14 and it says, and the word, what is the word? That's, that's information, isn't it? That's, that's revelation. Right? And the word became flesh. So when Jesus is walking around, he's not, he's not just flesh. He's revelation. He's revelation of God. Amen? And he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory is only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So what? What Jesus as the word, but he's not just the word, he's flesh. And this, this can become a, a, an issue for us, but it's actually a revelation with deliverance in the middle of it, if we can see this, okay? So, <clears throat> what, what he, he came in the, in the flesh was to reveal the glory of God with grace. What is that? That's power that we don't deserve, right? And truth. Man, the biggest thing that did is is challenging the world today. It, I don't know if you ever, until just was it four years ago that they began to use this word misinformation? I never heard that before, not utilized. But it seems to me that the one that is most utilizing a lie is a liar. <laughs> If, if you're needing to call something misinformation, maybe you're the one that's used to using misinformation, you know? <laughs> because as long as you're, as you're just spreading the truth, the truth will prevail. You don't need to fight off the other stuff. You just need to proclaim the truth. And as soon as you start shutting down what you think is wrong, you're shutting down everything, you know? But what Jesus came to do is to reveal Truth in him. So key here that I'm looking at is he became flesh and dwelt among us because there's some other things that are talked about here that we just need to look at real quick. It's not enough to just know the men. You must, you must partake. John 6, 53. And remember what happened with him. He's, he's doing these amazing miracles with the purpose of actually getting people to believe in him. Why? Because they need to receive they need to take him and then consume him. And he talks about this and it's like, whoa. How do we make a connection here between this guy that does these miracles? I just want to see the miracles. Don't you want, just want to show up for the miracles? I used to travel with a guy that would fill up coliseums and, and long lines of people coming to get prayed for. And you know what they were coming for? The power. They wanted a demonstration. Right? Even Christians. I enjoy that myself, you know. But you know, you can get the power without getting the person. You can get the, you can get the, the demonstration without him. And so what Jesus did right away after doing, feeding the 5,000, he, he, he says, so here's what we're really here for. I'm not just a demonstrator of God's power, of his grace. I am the word. 
And what did he refer to himself in that as? He says, I'm the bread of life, didn't he? I come down out of heaven. I come down out of heaven. He, he compared himself to the manna that was in the, in the wilderness, right? He said, they, they even rejected that at one point, right? <laughs> but he said, I come down, and the purpose of God giving you me is for to me, me to be consumed, okay? Can you, are, you, are you hanging with me with this, with this correlation? So what Jesus came to do is to provide everything that is in the Father for our taking and our consumption. So, so he says this, and it's like, wow. Please give me some context here because this is, this is really weird. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I can understand how they would feel that way because this is, this is a new thing. Not just a religion, not just stuff you have to learn how to do and not do to somehow be right. This is something you become. Can you see the difference? <laughs> then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you, what? Eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now let's just go back just a little bit because what did we just see? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what is the word? It's truth and grace. Right? So, when he's saying you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, what he's saying is you're going to have to consume my, my grace, the revelation of my truth, and it's going to have to become who you are. Amen? So, the word became flesh. So, when he's saying you're going to have to consume my flesh and drink my blood, you're going to have to consume the revelation of who I am. Can you see that? That helps me. I don't know if it... Because <laughs> you have to understand what he's saying here. And it's good. And, and, and the limit of, of what you can eat here is going to be based upon what you take. Amen? And there's no limit to that. Isn't this wonderful? You know, really, what we have in Christ does not get old. Not if we're taking it. It's fresh every day. <laughs> okay. Whoever eats my flesh, and man, I said that really weird, didn't I? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. What are you doing when you're consuming this? changing you you're you have eternal life now not just a way of life <laughs> you have eternal life for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and i in him as the living father sent me and i live because of the father so he who feeds on me will live because of me isn't that great <laughs> So let's look at what, let's break that down just a little bit. So, so what do we get? We get promises, exceeding great and precious promises so that we can identify. And Jesus is the word. He's the epitome of those promises. Let's, let's look and see. Let's look at this a little bit more, okay? Provision in his body, only effective when consumed. 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all of God's promises, okay, we're making a connection now, all right? Remember it said, uh, we've been given exceeding great and precious promises. Wow. 
For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. With a resounding yes. Isn't that great? And through Christ are our amen. Now this is our selecting that, right? Laying claim to it. Putting it on my plate. What is amen? That means it's mine. It's not just on the menu. (laughs) It's mine. I'm taking it. I'm holding fast to it. It's a great and precious promise. Amen? It ascends, don't you like this? Ascends to God for his glory. Our response to the promises of God in Christ can either be a squelching, and we're going to see this, you can actually dishonor God and he doesn't like it. Or as soon as we consume it, allow it to become who we are, it resounds in glory to God that no song will be ever be able to compete with. Don't you like cool songs that just make you just feel the glory of God and just, you know, <laughs> right? You know what God likes is when we respond to who he is. Not with just, not with just awe, but consume it. Say, he's not just going to be somebody that's far away from me. I'm going to consume who he is. Can you see that? Let's just look at this real quick. And and I'm not going to get in. We might do some of this going forward. But what are those promises? And and so you can see how this, we're never going to be done with this. But I want to just get this concept in for today. Can we do that? I'm just going to go through these promises. I think they'll come up one at a time. If you can, is everything working all right? We got all the, all right, cool. The one thing about being gone over Wednesday is I, I was able to identify some things that I hadn't communicated yet. <laughs> so, so it was profitable in that regard. Um, so hopefully we can resolve some of those things and make everything work the way it should. So the first one is just salvation itself. That's how we first come into this, right? What are we given? Okay, first on the menu, Jesus. And you're going to be saved. You're going to have new life in Christ, right? Isn't that great? But you know what? We're going to be tempted to let go of that, aren't we? But I failed in this regard. Surely he can't forgive me now. No. Salvation is the same from the first moment you've ever received him to the worst thing that you do after that. And you get the same, you, you get the same access to it just by taking it. And this is one of the most wonderful revelation to me. Amen. It's, it's an ongoing revelation that he's never pushing us away. What he's provided for in the blood of Jesus will never be taken away from us. But it's on the menu. You have to take it. The only thing, the only way it's not ours is if we don't choose it. Amen? All right. Healing. And this is this is a big challenge for, for people that are going through stuff, right? And sometimes we we can easily say, I'm just believing for my healing. You know what? It's already yours. It's already provided. You take it by faith. Amen. Abundance. Did you? And what I'm what I'm referring to here is Deuteronomy, where these promises were given to the children of Israel, weren't they? And did you know when they when they left Egypt, there wasn't anybody that was sick among them? Can you imagine in the desert? 
you know, with all this stuff. And they were sick. Why? Because it was a promise they were given. And do you know that they were promised that they would be blessed going, well, this, I'm getting ahead of myself. But they, they would be prosperous in everything that they set their hand to. That sounds like abundance, doesn't it? Yes. Does that, now, we are going to have to, and we'll see how we have, we have to access in a, this in a certain way. It, it's not magical. It's not you do this. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a formula. It's a relationship. And there might be some standing fast in something. That's why we don't let go of it. We hold fast to it. If God's promises, it doesn't matter how much time it takes for it to be fulfilled. He will keep his promise. Amen? Wisdom. How many like to have some wisdom? Amen? Did you know that we're promised more than we can even handle? (laughs) But we have to be able to see it. And how do we access it? We access it by faith. Amen? Success. I would like to just be successful. Did you know that that's a promise? That we would be successful at everything we set our hand to? And then just blessing. Austin's statement. The blessing of God. It makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Don't you like that? We've got some promises. And these, they're not separate from Christ. They are him. Amen? It says, and all the promises in Christ are yes and amen. They're ours. So how are they ours? We take them. We say, that's mine. I put in now. It's not enough to just take it and con- even confess it. I, I know there's, I had a guy in my church, oh, wonderful man. He's passed on since then. But he, he, he made me do all these index cards with all these confessions, you know. And it's good. It gets, it gets in you. But it's not, to, it's not enough to just confess stuff. That's, it's, that's doing something. You have to consume it. It has to become who you are. It's a relationship with Christ. Where every one of those promises, you have to know what they are. So you have to get into the word to find out what they are. That's why getting into the word becomes a joy for somebody that's really taking it's, it's kind of like going to that favorite restaurant, man. It's a joy. I get to go in there, and they, and they bring it to me, and I get to eat it, and I get full, and they have to bring a wheelbarrow, and I get to. <laughs> I, this thought came to me, though, is, is you have to really be careful what your favorite eating place is because it, if you're eating the wrong kind of stuff, you know, you're eating the wrong kind of stuff, and we'll, we'll touch on this just a little bit too. It will, won't just be a wheelbarrow, but it'll be a wheelchair that you're having to go around in all the time, right? Because you've poisoned yourself with things that are not healthy. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, so these these are the these are the promises. These are the things that will touch every that we're going to have to take a hold of. And there's a, there's so many scriptures that we can. Uh, Touch on our finances, everything that, that, that would concern us in any way, right? But let's look at, at, at this in, in Romans 10, 10. So how do we, and, and we, and, you know, I'm, I know y'all are familiar with this to some extent, but man, let's don't assume that we have this. Um, it says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. So when Jesus is saying you're going to have to consume my flesh and, eat and drink my blood. What, what is he saying? You're going to have to take the reality 
of who I am, and you're going to have to consume it. How, do, how is that done? You believe in your heart. But that's how we're actually consuming who he is, right? His flesh. What happened in his flesh? He bore all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases. Amen? That, so, so when he's saying you're going to have to consume my flesh, the reality of the sacrifice of his flesh. And what did it accomplish for us? You're going to have to drink the significance of the covenant, the new covenant of his blood. What does that do? That eradicates the power of sin completely. Can you see that? <laughs> so how was that done? You have to become aware of it. You have to believe in your heart. And then it's like it said, and the amen has to rise. That's where you say, it's not just on my plate. It's coming out of my spirit now. Confirmation. It's not just a confession. It's a release of belief. Can you see it? Okay. And with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. So this is how we are partaking of those things. Those promises become alive. When, you know, a lot of times, if, if there's not a real need in your life, you're not drawn to that thing. You know what I mean? If everything's going cool, you kind of, it's, it's like not a real demand. But boy, I don't, man, I've seen so many people come to God. Well, what happened, you know, during when the towers went down? Man, the whole country's ready to go give up whatever it was and go to God now. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but we don't have to wait around. We can say, you know, I'm going to let God be in the middle of everything that I'm about. So now I'm going to take a, a reality of who he is. And I'm not going to wait for a catastrophe for me to, to try to start believing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the reality of who he is. Be, it, it's, it's like a relationship with somebody. I want to know everything about them. I want to know... I, it's, it, I'm not just going to wait for what they can do for me. I want to know them. Amen? That's who he is. I've got to turn my volume down again. Sorry about that. All right. Everybody turn their volume. <laughs> All right. All right. And I just want to touch on this real quick because this becomes very necessary. Part of the issue with partaking of him is partaking of other things. And I kind of refer to this with, you can't just go anywhere to eat. Now let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 10, 21. It says, you cannot drink from the cup at the Lord's table and at Satan's table. And this is where we can be challenged. I think this is where we're tempted the most. Satan knows how to do this. He's really mischievous. He's a scoundrel. He knows the very thing that we'll be tempted by. What, do we, what, what did the previous scripture talk about? It talked about you'll escape the lusts that are in the world, right? What are the, they're, they're natural things that we like. The, sometimes we can say, well, God, you put it there. It must be okay. But it's not if it's replacing the table of the Lord. If we're going and we're consuming something that's becoming a part of who we are. That's why we have to be careful what we're watching. You know? Not, it's not like God's waiting to beat you up for it. That's not, that's not it. Because it becomes the table that you're consuming. And, and, and whatever you consume is what you become. So you can't consume the Lord's table and Satan's table at the same time. 
you know, I think sometimes if we can just see something, deliverance comes with revelation. And you take one step towards that, and then that, that passage becomes relevant for you. That when you start to, to walk with the revelation that you get, it says, and then you will know the truth. Not just know about it, but it will become who you are. And what does that truth do for you? It sets you free. Amen? So, how do you keep from partaking of the wrong table? And we'll go both ways with this real quick, okay? How do you, how do you keep from partaking of, of uh, stuff that you shouldn't? They give you these little tablets, actually. They say, take this 30 minutes before. What does it do? It's supposed to fill you up, you know, to where you're not ready for that stuff that you liked so much or you thought you did. Because what happened? You already partake, partook of something. Do you see that? So, so how do you keep from partaking of the, the wrong table? Is you intentionally partake of the right table. It's kind of like what we were talking about in men's, I believe. You know, you get up in the morning and you make sure you're taking your little tablets before you go out into the world. That you're taking the things that are going to keep you from partaking of that other table. But here's the thing. If, if you're not getting full of his table, you're going to have an appetite for things that will disable his table. Can you see that? <laughs> it's important, isn't it? Okay. Let's look at Hebrews uh, 6, 4. Because this, this uh, again, this is, have you ever... Have you ever just been really treated badly, disrespected, dishonored by something that you provided for somebody that they've just completely disrespected, dishonored? They didn't do anything with it. Have you ever had that happen? These are called exceeding great and precious promises. Who has valued these before we even know about them? God. They are so valuable to him. He considers them a precious gift to us. Amen? Now look at what we do with them. It's not just our deal. It's not just optional. It's not just something that we can choose or not choose and it doesn't really matter at all. This is the God of creation, the one who has always been, will always be, and either we'll get to be with him or we're going to be without him. And I think we still have something to do with that. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened. What is that? Somebody that, that became aware of God, right? Those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. Is this the New Testament or is this the Old Testament? This is the New Testament. This, this is grace, isn't it? <laughs> this is the same guy that, that, from Galatians, right? This is the same guy. And he's saying it's impossible for somebody... If they get the menu put in front of them, they take of it a little bit and they say, you know what, I think I'll just go back to that other place. Right? Now, let me, let me finish this. Who have tasted of the goodness of, of the word of God and the power of the age to come. They even saying, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. They've done that. And who then turn away from God it is what? It's like when I was in Africa, there was a guy named Bulo that uh, we would go down to the, uh, we'd go down to the 
utilities every day to try to get a permit for water to be put onto our property. And my, the missionary that I was working for, he said, just go down there every day. Don't pay them anything. They want you to pay them something. So there's a little guy, big voice. This one of the leaders um, of, the, of the local people. And he would always come out. I'm sorry, but this, I couldn't help but relate this. He'd come out and say, it is impossible. Every day. That was his way of saying that they're not going to do it today. But he used the word impossible. Now, it wasn't impossible, but that's the word he used. And I think sometimes when we, an impossibility to us is just Bulu saying it's impossible. You know what I mean? Because with God, all things are possible, right? (laughs) So when I'm thinking of this too, I'm thinking, no, no, this is possible. But what makes it impossible? When somebody refuses to take. Because what happens is if you eat at that wrong table long enough, you're not even going to have an appetite anymore. And it becomes impossible for you to choose what's right anymore. It's not God saying you can't. It's you saying you can't. Because you don't care for what's right anymore. Amen? Can you just see how, how, how critical it is that we value what, what has already been made available to us? It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him, holding him up to public shame. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty severe, isn't it? Now, you know, I don't believe anybody here is in that, you know, reject, that rebellious thing. But I believe that God sees everything that he's provided for us is something that we're either going to take and ingest and produce and glorify him with? Or it's going to kind of be in the category of we've just left it on the menu. Amen? Now, I, again, I don't believe we're, we're rejecting God, but I believe there needs to be revelation of what's ours that we take. Amen? And it becomes our revelation in Christ. Can you see that? Are we good today? All right, I got just a little bit more. There's, there's, a, um, there's, there's a parable in Luke 14. I'm not going to read this, but uh, it's, um, remember this is where he, he talks about how um, that, that there was a man that, that had a feast, and he, and he called all of his friends, all of his buddies, all, all the people that, that should come, and remember what they did. They disregarded it, and, and they said things like, I've got something else to do. There's a lot of excuse going on. You know, and what is that? That's priority, isn't it? Now, eh, God will understand my heart. Yeah, He does. He 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 understands the priority of your heart based upon what you choose to do. Is that right? And feasting is something that God is very much into. He made us to consume. He made us to become what we consume. That's why. Kosher things were part of the, the old covenant, right? Because it, it was very important what they were eating. Now, I know there were, there were health things that were involved with that, but, but God was very concerned with what you're consuming. He's very much involved with that. And so when he calls a feast, what does that mean? He's prepared a meal for you. And said, I, I called everybody. 
Man, let's just take this to heart. Can we do this today? Because <laughs> God's prepared an abundance of promises for us, and he considers it to be an invitation to a meal to come and consume what he's promised for us. Can you see that? And sometimes familiarity, and I, and I say this as a pastor's son, that I don't remember when I got saved. I don't remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost because... My older sisters were all doing it, you know. I mean, it's just who we are, you know. And, and the problem with this is we become too familiar and we can lose the priority of the things that really matter. And we can let go of holding fast to a very precious promise that God has given us. To hold on to something, find a loophole to do it, to love the world more than God. Can you see that? <laughs> and so what does he do? He says, those numbskulls that would call me Lord, Lord, you know, if they don't want to come to my feast, my preparation through my son of every promise I could ever give them they don't want to come to that feast. We'll just go and we'll call anybody that's ready to eat. <laughs> go into the highways and the byways. Beckon them to come in. Why? Because this is very important to God. The feasting of what he's prepared. Can you see that? All right. And I'm not going to read it all. You say, everybody want to just breathe with me? All right. All right, you can go back and read it later. That's your assignment, all right. Um, so I want to go to Re Revelation because there is. This is what, where we're going to. Our partaking right now is just setting our palate for the real thing, <laughs> for the end thing. Can you see that this is the heart of God? This consuming what is ours in him? Everything about our life that would mean something to us. He said, I have just the thing for you. If you will just eat it. It's like my dad. Uh, you know, some of the medications that we get into, you know, the, the further we go along, you know. He says, I don't even know what it is. I just eat it because they tell me to, you know. <laughs> right? God says, if you would just consume this, just, just eat it. You think that there's something there that... that you have to take care of or you can do yourself or something. Just take what I've given you. Just give it a go. Amen? <laughs> and this, this is what we're into with this new life that we have in Christ. And the angel dictated this sentence to me. This is Revelation 19.9. Don't you like Revelation? Man, we have a lot to learn about Revelation, don't we? But there is an end. And either we're on a trajectory that we're already part of that end. Can you see that? And par a big part of that end is consuming. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, God himself has stated this. God says, there's a blessing. Now, there's a scripture that refers to this. It says, many are called, Right? It's kind of like that, that parable that I just shortened. Everybody's called. Who becomes the invited? The ones that take from the menu. Amen. 
the ones that say, that's mine. And what does God call them? Blessed. Everybody that's called is not blessed. Everybody that answers the call. Amen. Everybody that comes to the feast. Everybody that consumes what Christ has done for us. They cannot help but be blessed. God has stated that. Isn't that good? All right. One more. Hebrews 3.14. For we have become partakers. Let's just say this. I have become a partaker. Okay, what is a partaker? Somebody that's chosen it and then consumed it. How do we do that? In reality, we take it into our heart. We ingest it into our heart. How it becomes alive is when we say it. It becomes who we are. Amen? All right. If we hold... The beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. There's that holding fast again, isn't there? Amen? What does that imply? Is somebody going to try to take it from you? Sometimes I think we're our most... Remember that comedian that said, the devil made me do this? (laughs) What's that? Flip Flip Wilson, wasn't that funny? Yeah, that's funny, but you know what? The devil doesn't make us do everything. We open the door, and we, we, it's our choice. We have some kind of hunger for something, and he's, he's, just, he's just providing it. We're the one that, that chooses it. He doesn't make us do it, just like God doesn't make us. We have to choose. It's all up to us. But I love this. We have become And again, what is a partaker? That's somebody that's consumed and become what they've consumed. Isn't that important? Amen. We have everything that we need in him. Hallelujah. And we're made complete in him. As we partake. Praise God. This is good today, man. There's some other things that are available. I have... uh, uh, an overview and a, and a prayer that's it's in the app there too, so you can make yourself available to that. But um, how many of this this really spoke to your heart today? What I what I was thinking about with this, let's let's determine that you're going to know what I spoke about today next week. <laughs> Amen. Because we're doing something with it. Okay, amen. This is this is what Jesus he said. Man, you're it, it, we might as well not be here today if you're not going to do anything with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and school, when you go to school, they they have they. I mean, you're not going to get your degree if you don't remember, right? This should be a little bit more important than that, right? Yeah. This is our life.